Welcome to Get the Word Out podcast. Our continuing mission is to communicate and celebrate great stories of teaching and learning at the Bethlehem Area School District. We are your hosts, Laura Martin, Yvonne Zundel, and Patrick Conley. We are technology integration specialists at Bethlehem Area School District in Bethlehem, PA. I'm at the middle schools, Yvonne is at the high schools, and Patrick is at the elementary schools. This is episode four, Be Well. Well, it's nearing the end of school and everyone is winding down for summer vacation. Just this past holiday, I went out hiking because I felt I needed to get a break and give my body a workout. We sometimes need that break from the typical grind. That's what our show is about today, giving ourselves what we need physically, mentally, and technologically. So we heard from some teachers who wanted to share. We incorporated a number of things in this single show. It all somehow seemed to relate, and we hope you find the meaning from it. There's a little bit of everything in this show, but variety is a spice of life, is it not? Absolutely. Um, Each of our episodes has been inspired by great things that teachers are doing. And this one in particular was a little challenging to distill in about, I don't know how long this is going to be, 30 minutes. Uh, We've asked teachers to share what's going on in their classrooms and some step forward. And some of their stories, you know, they had this common thread, but we had to tease it out a little bit. On to our cool tech tools for teachers. My tech tool this week is Drive Slides by Matt Miller and Alice Keeler. Drive Slides allows you to create a Google Slide presentation out of images in your Google Drive folder. Simply open a folder in your Google Drive that contains JPEGs, PNGs, or GIF images. Press the Drive Slides Chrome extension icon to open the Google Slide presentation with your images automatically added. The slide you created is saved in the same folder that your pictures are housed. The tool works great by creating quick and easy slideshows of your events. A couple tricks of the trade though, make sure your folder has all the pictures you want in your slideshow before you click the extension, or you'll be doing it a second time. Landscape pictures work best, but if you have some portraits, you can just go back into it and change the slide background to maybe a gradient or a light color, just so it's easier on your eyes when the slideshow is presented. Once the Google slide is created, what you can do is then go back in and use the master transition from slide to slide, set it on automatic and then boom you're good to go that's a great one patrick i love that you can take an entire folder of images in your drive and instantly create a google slides presentation i have a spin on that though we have some teachers who have used smart notebook software to create interactive lessons they can actually export those notebook lessons as a folder of images drag that folder of images into google drive and use drive slides to instantly create a google slide presentation wait there's more Because of the Pear Deck add-on in Google Slides, that slide presentation can now be made into an engaging Pear Deck lesson that fosters student participation and can be used both as a teaching tool or a formative assessment tool, both whole group and student-paced. If you're not familiar with Pear Deck, it's a web app that we have here at BASD. Pear Deck is a presentation and class engagement tool that allows you to project a lesson onto each student's computer and turns their computer into a response system. Remember the clickers of the past? So you can use it as a formative assessment to check for understanding. You can design different kinds of questions 
that require different kinds of responses, such as numerical responses, paragraph responses, putting a pin on a map, or say a thumbs up or thumbs down to a teacher question. It's a great tool for teaching and also building that classroom community. I can also see where it can be used to spark class discussion. Student names are never projected for responses, so kids feel safe to express themselves. And this fosters a healthy environment for discussion. Pear Deck has so many great applications, not to mention that kids can build their own Pear Deck presentations. I like that. I heard some kids sometimes use Pear Deck to create interactive flashcards for each other. That's right. We'll have more information about Pear Deck and also how to export a notebook presentation and morph it into a Pear Deck. We will also be offering training sessions at our Summer Tech Academy this summer. We'll talk more about our Tech Academy at the end of the show. So I have two, and you know how I like to cheat on this part, So, uh, but I wanted to cover two types of apps that deal with the title of our podcast today, Be Well. The first one is a Chrome extension called Noisly. It's the Chromebook version of a favorite app of mine called White Noise. It helps you improve your focus and boost your productivity, and it also blocks out annoying noises and creates the right environment for working or relaxing. No matter if you're in an environment where it's too loud or too quiet, with Noisly, you can create and listen to your favorite background sounds in order to focus and concentrate on your tasks. You can create combinations of sounds like birds with a rainstorm, train tracks, brown, pink, or white noise, and it keeps me focused and calm. The second app I want to plug is called Headspace. Uh, it's the first app I downloaded on my iPhone to guide me through some calm meditation and breathing techniques. If you're interested in focusing on your breathing or what it means to be mindful, this is a great little place to start. Parts of the app are free and parts are paid, but there's enough free content in it that you can benefit from it. Okay, so let's get going to today's show. Be well. Here's our lineup. Topic one, what is mindfulness and why should we care about it? Topic two, how teachers are addressing mindfulness and experimental learning with their classrooms. We'll hear from our teachers in this part too. Topic three, resources for you to explore about mindfulness. So we turn to a teacher to help us define mindfulness. We turn to Bob Andrucci, a PLTW teacher at Liberty High School to help define mindfulness. Basically from the dictionary, mindfulness is simply tuning into the present moment and relaxing the body and quieting the mind while calmly acknowledging and accepting your feelings, your thoughts, and your bodily sensations. So in addition to Bob's definition, I wanted to give a little background on mindfulness. So I went to the mindfulschools.org website. So we all know that healthy stress is a natural part of life, including childhood. Children and adults alike need to be challenged in order to grow and develop. However, in our modern world, healthy stress is frequently displaced by toxic stress. Toxic stress occurs when life's demands consistently outpace our ability to cope with these demands. For students, toxic stress impairs attention, emotion, and mood regulation, sleep, and learning readiness daily in classrooms. Prolonged exposure to childhood toxic stress has lifelong impacts on mental and physical health. Mindfulness offers a bit of solace by helping to bring awareness to these stressful moments during the day. 
For teachers, toxic stress starts as decreased productivity and creativity, escalating to more serious symptoms like frequent anxiety and possibly burnout. Roughly half a million teachers in the United States leave the profession every year, a turnover rate of over 20%. In order for teachers to support others like our students in a sustainable way, they need to support their own well-being. Let's hear how Bob Andrucci is addressing this in his PLTW courses for his students at Liberty. Um, my name is Bob Andrucci. I'm at Liberty High School. And I'd love to talk about the uh, PLTW pathway, especially the biomedical, which is what I teach. Basically, PLTW is a hands-on, student-centered class that we specialize in the biomedical science, basically how the body works in health and disease. We learn and we grow by investigating scientific problems. The students, the best part is, the students work with real lab equipment that they would get in the real world. We're not making up labs, they're using right. real PCR machines. They're using gel electrophoresis. They're doing um, lots of interesting stuff that they would see in a uh, hospital science lab. We explore human medicine, we'll do genetics, we'll do physiology, microbiology, public health, and it's all centered around the student learning and kind of being in charge of their own learning. This was an exciting year because we added the third level course, which is called Medical uh, uh, Innovations. And this year we used a variety of technology. We did lab simulations, we did number crunching, but we started this new thing with biofeedback. And I think that's what I really wanna focus on for next year too. So the fourth course, which is the capstone in PLTW, has the students doing some sort of a research project. So this year, I would like some students to explore the relationship between stress, could be school, lifestyle, sports, and mindfulness. So what is mindfulness? Basically, from the dictionary, mindfulness is simply tuning into the present moment and relaxing the body and quieting the mind while calmly acknowledging and accepting your feelings, your thoughts, and your bodily sensations. So how are we gonna do that? Well, there's some meditation techniques, there are some breathing techniques, there are some light moving like uh, yoga techniques. And how we're gonna measure that is we're gonna have the students hooked up to all these great vernier probes that we have that interface with our computers and they're gonna measure EKG, they're gonna measure uh, surface body, I should say measure body surface temperature, they're gonna measure heart rate, blood pressure, all those sorts of things that a doctor would measure. But we're going to try these techniques, see if the body can relax, and then get this data. What we're thinking about doing is having mindfulness during the week and get this these data points on a Friday. And to see over time, we're going to maybe look at a four-week time frame. Over time, do we see a difference? We'll also ask the kids for their anecdotal kind of qualitative responses. Right, right. Do you feel different? Do you feel better? Mm. Did you think this worked? And then we'll correlate. Mm -hmm. Did their subjective um, feelings match kind of the objective data? And to me, that's going to hopefully open doors for maybe we do mindfulness in a lot of classes if the data shows it works.
When we talk about mindfulness, we look at the student's complete awareness of their thoughts, emotions, or experiences on a moment-to-moment -moment basis in their surrounding environment. Here in the district, some teachers are creating a flexible seating environment or a student-centered active learning environment, which is designed to inspire innovative learning and engagement. This learning environment helps to create a feeling of calm in the classroom for all students. The combination of traditional chairs and desks with high-riser tables, bean bags, foam pillows, softer lighting, can dissipate the toxic stress students encounter. When we work with students closely, we can discover their learning needs and better increase their mindfulness state in the classroom. Also, with this environment, some teachers are using an app or a website called Classroom Screen. This website has a slew of tools that can allow the teacher to better manage their class. Here's, there's the sound tool. It monitors the sound level in the class, a stoplight that changes from green to yellow to red, allowing students to review their own sound levels. Talking out loud with one another to a whisper mode, or even a silent mode in the class. These two simple tools allow the students to be more self-aware of their actions in the class. Listen to Stacy Leon from Governor Wolf Elementary School as she shares her insights on her classroom structure. This past year, we have uh, implemented flexible seating in our classroom. What that means is the students have a choice about where they sit throughout the day. Um, we have removed most of the traditional desks and have replaced them with a couch and low coffee tables and yoga balls and a standing table with taller stools, lots of pillows. And uh, one of the things that we constantly stress to the students is for them to reflect and self-assess where they are with their learning throughout the day and to see if they are being successful. Um, if they are not being successful where they have chosen to sit, then we encourage them to find a new place to try in the classroom. Um, the other thing that we've implemented in our flexible seating classroom is we have added lamps and different lighting sources. Um, we rarely have the fluorescent lights on in the classroom. It helps bring a sense of calm and peace and um, the students really enjoy having that aspect in the classroom. In fact, the the rare occasion when I do have to turn on the overhead lights, they all start to complain because it doesn't feel as calm to them. It feels more um, frenzied, I guess. In the next segment, we will hear from teachers about how experiential and project-based learning is helping to build relationships with their students and among students. Listen to their voices about how these experiences have given students insight about themselves and others. These insights improve their school relationships and attitudes. Isn't that mindfulness and wellness in a nutshell? You'll hear from Kristen Sabrinsky, Lynn Vento, Rebecca Kepner. They are all from our own Brockle Middle School. I'm uh, Kristen Sabrinsky, and I'm from Brockle Middle School, and I'm the Team Lafayette team leader. Uh, we're going to talk about three special programs we have in eighth grade. Uh, we have the overall Brockle Farm to School program, we have the Brockle eighth grade camping trip, and we have the eighth grade expo. The overall theme for these three projects is we've tied them all together into the uh, what the kids have been learning about through the Farm to School program. But there are three separate programs um, with the overall, overall theme 
theme of uh, the knowledge they're gaining from the Farm to School program. The first one I'm going to talk about today is the Brockwell Farm to School program. It's a three-year program, and this is all interconnected to the greenhouse and growing fresh foods and gaining knowledge about food and um, how to make fresh foods and about how healthy living and healthy lifestyles. Uh, my name is Becky Kepner. I am the ELA teacher for the eighth grade Team Lafayette. Uh, so we read the young readers edition of The Omnivore's Dilemma, A Natural History of Four Meals by Michael Pollan uh, as part of our ELA curriculum. Um, the students were assigned different portions of reading uh, regarding industrial uh, farming in the United States, um, sustainable and local farms. Uh, we read a little bit about foraging and about how uh, food production has changed in the United States over the years, often for the worst. Um, one of the coolest things I, we found with working with this book was hearing the conversations kids were having about food production outside of the classroom. So notably in the cafeteria, where they would make right. a comment or two about what they were eating, right. um, but they were thinking about it. Several students told me they had gone home and shared portions that they read with their parents. Um, were paying more attention to what food they were choosing and what they were what they were enjoying eating, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I was also able to tie it into argumentative writing, which is a big part of uh, the eighth grade unit uh, writing unit. So they were finding the arguments within the book um, and finding how to support the points and what kind of counterpoints there were. So it, it ended up working out really well. And I think getting them thinking about something that could really change their life for the better. And it sounds like what you did made it relevant oh, yeah. for them. And it yeah. I mean, what's more relevant than what we eat every day? Hi, I'm Lynn Vento, and I am the science teacher uh, for the eighth grade team, Lafayette. Part of the farm to school um, curriculum that we implemented in the science class this year was to take the kids up to the greenhouse and introduce them to different planting techniques. Uh, we planted flowers um, using bulbs, and we planted greens using seeds, and uh, the, the kids got to see how uh, different um, plants require different environments. Um, we made measured the humidity and the temperature in the greenhouse over time, and we uh, saw how that affected plant growth. We uh, had the students create data tables in Google Sheets, and then they took their data and interpreted it through bar graphs and line graphs, depending on how they saw the trends in the data. Um, one of the things that we're also doing uh, as a unified eighth grade here at Brockle is we just got back from a eighth grade camping trip. This was inspired by the movie Paper Tigers, which we watched at an in-service uh, way back in September, and uh, we decided that this is something that we needed to do. We needed to... Um, build uh, some kind of an emotional connection with our kids and with each other. And so we took them into the woods for an overnight camping trip and it was fantastic. 
after we got back from the trip um, in their ELA reflections, um, some cool things that stood out to us were, and some surprising things. So the question that Ms. Kepner asked them was, what surprised you? Was there anything that surprised you about the other students, the staff, anything about the trip? Uh, one of our students said that she felt like she was more like on a trip with her family instead of just a bunch of students and okay. teachers. And also a couple students commented on how fun the teachers are outside of school. Oh, really? <laughs> so that was something surprising that we right. actually could be super fun outside of the, outside of the Brockle building. This is Lynn again. One of the things that I noticed um, right after the trip, the next few days, like in the hallway, the kids were just so much kinder to each other and kinder to us and more patient and just overall really easygoing. It was definitely the emotional push that we needed to make it to the end of the school year. <laughs> That's so, what we're looking for. Yes, yeah. yes. It was successful. And then moving it next year, uh, the plan is to have the camping trip in the beginning of the year, which will be wonderful for establishing... Uh, good positive relationships with the kids, fun relationships where they get to see us enjoying ourselves with one another. And also we'll start to set the tone with our um, emphasis on things like uh, farm to school and healthy eating and uh, kind of connecting with nature in a more healthy and uh, realistic way. That was great. If you want to see what the farm to school program looks like, Check out the show notes on our website for a slideshow of our students and teachers at work in the greenhouse of Brockle Middle School. So in this part of the show, we'll discuss some more resources and more tips. So I'm going to start off with two practical tips that you can begin using today. And this really is about your phone. Um, face it, our phones can be a source of stress. First, turn off notifications on things that make you crazy. I learned this tip from Randy Ziegenfuss from Salisbury School District. I think it was on Twitter. Uh, so he tweeted out, like, if you use your smartphone to check email, turn off that badge that shows how many unread emails you have. Because really, you know, when you go back to the mail program, you're going to have emails waiting for you. Why make yourself stressed by seeing them pile up? So I'll have directions on how to do this in the show notes. The second tip I want to share is I used to use a program called Flow. So I'm not directing you to go download Flux, but uh, just giving you some background because uh, when I used it, I used it to change the temperature of my computer screen. Just an FYI, Flux is available for free for PC, but Apple took that tech and incorporated it both in the iPhone and in the new Macs, and they've called it Night Shift. And by the way, Android has it, it's called night mode. So night shift, night mode. Studies have shown that exposure to bright blue light in the evening can affect your circadian rhythms and make it harder to fall asleep. This night shift uses your computer's clock and geolocation to determine when it's sunset in your location. It then automatically shifts the colors in your display from your computer or your phone to the warmer end of the spectrum. In the morning, it returns the display to the regular settings. So if you use this, your eyes will thank you and you'll get to sleep faster. Uh, if you have an iPhone now, look for that night shift in settings and the new laptops will have night shift in system preferences. I'll have that information in the show notes. I like to use the do not disturb option on my iPhone to make sure I don't get a text or a notification after a certain time at night. To turn on do not disturb simply from your home screen, just swipe up and click on the half moon. 
Here are some resources. Mindful Schools website at mindfulschools.org. This is a great resource to begin to learn about the benefits of mindfulness for students, staff, and parents. You can learn more about why mindfulness is important. There's some starter lessons and guided practices. Building Resilience, Preventing Burnout article from Edutopia. This is posted in the show notes too. The byline for the article is, whether you're a new teacher or a veteran, try these tips for taking care of yourself and staying energized throughout the school year. For example, care for your body, carve out downtime and honor it religiously, and build in micro moments to renew yourself during the day. We want to make sure that everyone knows about our Summer Tech Academy. It will take place on August 14th from 8.30 to 3.30 at Northeast Middle School. Registration has just opened, so reserve your spot. We will have sessions about Schoology, WeVideo, PlayPosit, Pear Deck, and more. Also, check out the website for the Summer Tech Academy at bit.ly slash thinkbig18. The winners for our student video contest are from Northeast Middle School. Woohoo! Right. Check out their video on the website and listen to a clip of it now. Don't miss this year's Summer Tech Academy, Tuesday, August 14th, from 8.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. This year's Summer Tech Academy is at Northeast Middle School. Come learn new ways to excite and engage your students. We want you to dream big! We hope you enjoyed the stories, apps, and tips we shared today. Keep watching our Twitter feed at BASDGTWO to keep up to date on happenings in our show. And don't forget to contact us if you would like to be on a future episode. From all of us, have, have a, a great, great summer. summer.